freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme is Surprising Second Amendment Support. We've got a great line of guests today. We have John Carter. He's executive producer of Hatch Entertainment and documentary film producer who came along to film the happenings at the DC Project in July. We have Aaron, Aaron Paulette, founder and med- media coordinator for Operation Blazing Sword, LBGTQ Firearms Training for the Gun Curious. I think that's cute. Yeah, we I like have, that. We have Robin Wright, one of the DC Project's delegates, talking about disabled carry and self-defense. In our second hour, we have Tom Sticks Wall. He's a state coordinator and instructor in Arkansas for Project Appleseed that teaches history, heritage, and marksmanship. And then we also have Tim Miller. He's a president of Lionheart International, talking about the need for security and preparedness in churches and other buildings that do not traditionally hire professional security personnel. So you always ask me, you didn't ask me today, but I'm going to tell you anyway, you know, what, what's the behind the theme of the show? Like, why did I choose the name? And uh, today it is surprising Second Amendment support. And I think, Dan, if you ask the average person on the street to describe who they think is the average supporter of the Second Amendment in America, you likely won't get descriptions of any of our guests today, right? We are historians. We're gay, we're lesbian, bisexual, and transgender. We are disabled, we are film producers, and we are Christians on our way to church. We are a diverse group with many different reasons, all rooted in the same desire to be free, to be safe, and to protect our future and the future of the United States. And I think that is why the antis, the rights restrictors, are having such a hard time getting the kind of traction that they seek. And frankly, that they want us to believe that they have gotten with their guns are bad message. They want those of us who love our Constitution and support our Second Amendment rights to fit in neat, tidy little boxes or baskets, as Hillary Clinton so infamously stated. And, well, we just don't, and we never will. Dan? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're saying we're a lot of things out there, and I'm not sure, I don't think I'm a historian, Cheryl. (laughs) Cute, that's good. But actually, I think you are, because, uh, you know, you are our gunsmith, at AZ Firearms, and you have to actually know a lot. I know you were going for the funny, but but I really believe that you have to know a lot about our history because guns are a part of America's history. 
all the different makers, all the different models, how uh, one style of gun was a precursor for the next style of gun. And, uh, you know, you downplay this a lot, but you have an incredible amount of, of historical knowledge. So. Okay, Cheryl. <laughs> well, let's put, that, uh, let's put that on the record that Cheryl says that I have knowledge. <laughs> well, don't let it go to your head. Huh? Knowledge Wait. going to, <laughs> oh, where else is it supposed to go? All right, that was bad. Never mind. So, hey, we had a great week this week. You know, we last did. week we had to pre record, not this week we're live, but mm-hmm. last week because we were in uh, Tampa, Florida. We were. And, and we dodged every one of those Zika carrying uh, little beasts, those little winged mosquitoes. Um, at least I hope so. I'm thinking we did. Well, but I had a sign on my neck. It said no mosquitoes and had the arrow across it. So for sure, I know that no mosquitoes came around me. Oh my gosh, I am high-fiving you for that one. That was good. Wow, you just thought of that? That was good, honestly. Um, you know, if it if it works for bad guys and guns, then clearly it's going to work for mosquitoes. But so why were we in Tampa, you might ask? Why were we in Tampa, you might ask? That's why, an inside why, joke. Why, why were we, Cheryl? <laughs> I forgot. Um, GRPC, the Second Amendment Foundation, they host every year the Gun Rights Policy Conference. Uh, Last year, it was here in Phoenix, which is where we are broadcasting from. But this year, they took it all the way to the other side of the United States, and we were in beautiful Tampa. I don't think that you could have put more knowledgeable people in a room. I had, it was so awesome to hear their stories, their experience, and I just learned so much from that. It's a wonderful opportunity. I mean, even the Florida governor got in on the deal and made our opening remarks. Um, of course, Alan Gottlieb is the chairman of the foundation, the Second Amendment Foundation. Um, God, we had from here locally, we had Jeff Knox, who's the director of Firearms Coalition. We also had uh, Dave Kopp of the AZCDL, Arizona Citizens Defense League. You know, one of the most impressive speeches that I heard there was the sheriff, the sheriff from uh, Tampa. Oh, yeah. Golly, what was his name? Let me see if I can find it here real quick. He was absolutely awesome. He spoke on Sunday morning. I'm looking at my little cheat sheet of a list of names he here. Has, he has a wheel of fugitives. <laughs> and so he puts all these fugitives on a wheel, a picture of them. He spins a wheel and he says, we're coming for you. You're the lucky guy today. You might as well just turn yourself in. It's Sheriff, Sheriff Wayne Ivey of Brevard or Brevard County, Florida. And he, he was a great speaker and engaging and funny and serious all at the same time. So Very that was serious. great. And th- I mean, that's we had a lot of speakers that were good. That one just stood up to me because, you know, the sheriffs and what they're doing and well, and I was kind of busting with pride because as I was looking over their list of speakers, they're a lot of the guests that we've had on our show. Um, but we also gathered a whole crop of new names, a whole basket of new names to uh, bring on the air. And uh, we've got some great um, people coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, um, you even had something to say up there, didn't you? You did a little bitty speechy speech thing. A little speechy speech? Uh, yes. I uh, was moderating a panel, and it ended up being a panel of two because, you know, life happens and, and travel schedules get uh, mixed up as you get closer to an event. But it was 
really awesome. I had Clover Lawson up there with me. She was a delegate uh, for the Florida delegate for the DC project. And that's what we talked about is just kind of bringing people up to speed on what we've done in such a short period of time. Uh, you know, it was eight months from Diana Muller having sort of a what if I could do this moment, um, gathering up one woman from each state to come to our nation's capital and speak to their individual legislators, not as lobbyists, but as constituents. And we had a little trouble at the airport because our luggage was too heavy because you got some kind of, of award <laughs> we had to bring back, right? It was, I, I'm just still so choked up about it, just so honored. Uh, it was called the Defender of Liberty Award. It's a, a beautiful crystal cube. and um, Yeah, we were overweight with our luggage, but when we showed that to the attendant, they decided <laughs> to let us go through and they let us go over the 50-pound limit. Yeah, I don't think it quite went that way, but um, I was very humbled because honestly, anything that, that I do, of course, Dan and I are, our, he's my partner, he's my supporter. And then secondly, I know that uh, a big reason for them giving me that award is what all of the women of the DC Project have done. And none of us would have done if it hadn't been for our founder, Diana Muller. And so I feel like I want to like add her name on there, add everybody's name on there, because um, it's, it, it takes all of us and that is what I want to say right now to everyone listening to the sound of my voice. This election, we are really down to the wire. This is October 1. In a month and a couple of days, on November 8th, we are going to have all the ballots in, all the smoke and mirrors and dust is going to be on the, behind us. And there's still people out there that want to be fence-sitters. There's still people out there listening to me that are standing on principle. I'm not going to vote for that guy, and, and I'm just going to sit this one out. And, and I just really, I just want to tell you, there is no fence sitting in this one. Right, and I would like to remind everybody that a year and a, a month ago, Cheryl and I were n nothing. We really weren't doing anything, and now we are making a difference. The radio show is what right. you mean. We're making a difference, but we just really weren't that powerful of a voice before. We're getting some results now. We are making a difference. And so if we can do that, you can do it. Make a difference. Talk to your neighbor. Talk to your neighbor. Talk to your legislator. Talk to your legislator and your neighbor in the form of a vote. That's an informed vote. So, and uh, there's a site, uh, it's the hashtag gun vote site on the National Shooting Sports Foundation page. That's a great place to just kind of dive in and start, start getting some information if you're late to the game, if you need to get registered to vote. Um, I, I think there are different dates across the states, but uh, across the United States, but I think there's, there's still time in, in some of your states. And that's for you to figure out. Be a responsible and engaged and involved citizen. All right, stepping off of my soapbox. Uh, well, we've got an exciting show coming up as we listed the name of people when, when we first started. So stick around because first up, John Carter of Hatch TV, Hatch Entertainment, right after this. Hi, I'm Paul Lathrop. I'd like to talk with you about the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. 
As many of you know, you'll likely have to win two fights if you have to use your gun in self-defense. The first fight is the gunfight itself. The second fight is the fight to clear your good name through the legal system. You don't need to draw your gun to find yourself in a legal battle for your life and freedom. Even if you do everything right, you may still be prosecuted, which could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is an official sponsor of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and they will completely take that worry away by giving you financial assistance and legal assistance if you have to use your gun in a legitimate self-defense situation. In my case, it was $12,500 just to get out of jail and get the attorney started. Don't let no rezealous anti-gun prosecutor make your life miserable because you chose to legally defend yourself. Sign up at armedcitizensnetwork.org for only $135 for the first year and discounted renewals. Or you can call 360-978-5200 and just tell them Paul sent you. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And today, our show theme is surprising Second Amendment support. And our first guest is John Carter, a documentary film producer who was with our D.C. Project delegates in July of this year as we spoke with our individual representatives and held our rally on the west lawn of the Capitol building. And, and John, are you with us? I am. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? Wonderful. My husband, Dan, is my co-host. He's here, too. And the reason that I, I say, you know, it's surprising is because so many people in the film industry are very liberal-leaning and not so gun-friendly. And so here you are, 
um, you know, very skilled at your craft. You've been in it a long time, and yet you you offered us incredible support by by being on hand to to film all that we were doing there in D.C. And I, I thank you for that. Oh, it's my pleasure. It actually is a a, a passion project for me, and uh, to be associated with uh, uh, Diana, people like you, people from all over this great country who are actively getting out there and fighting the good fight and doing everything they can to make sure that our uh, Second Amendment rights stay intact and and uh, and getting the voice heard in the places that matter, like D.C. was a it was a real thrill for me and a real honor to be a part of it. John, we saw some of your work. It's absolutely stunning. I, I just was so impressed on the quality and what you've done. But I'm curious about the name, Hatch. Where did that come from? <laughs> well, if you, if you haven't uh, discerned by now, I'm a little bit of an outdoor enthusiast. I love guns. I love fishing. I love hunting. I love anything to do with the outdoors. Uh, I worked at uh, the Outdoor Life Network when it first started up. And it was, uh, uh, it's just sort of part of my DNA. So if you're a fly fisherman, you know what the hatch is. The hatch is when the fly fishing really turns on for dry flies, when the when the mayflies or whatever insect happens to be on that stretch of water really start coming off and the fish come up the rise. It's called a hatch. And so when we started the company, we thought it would be a good idea to sort of tie it to some of that passion pursuit stuff that we really, we really uh, chase uh, in terms of both our, our personal passions and, and the things that we chase from a content standpoint. And so we thought it would be a good double entendre uh, because of our passion for, for fly fishing, me and the, the guy I started the company with. And, uh, and then secondarily, it obviously sort of uh, hopefully it pertains to the idea of hatching ideas and, and being creative in the way we approach our projects and what we want to document and what we want to distribute in terms of uh, motion picture television content to the world. Well, that's weird because Cheryl's giving me uh, Superman beam eyes right now because she's been trying to get me to go fly fishing. I've it's I've done pretty well everything but that, and she's been trying to get me to go. So maybe I should have gone yeah. so I'd know that uh, term. Yeah, I'll warn you, uh, Cheryl. You're you're on the right track. It's uh, it's one of those things that can uh, you know sort of pull you off the deep end in terms of uh, pursuit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not a uh, it's not a uh, part time endeavor. Once you fall off the deep end of fly fishing, you're you're gone forever. So uh, good luck in terms of holding back. <laughs> well, I I really appreciate that. Um, you know, it's and it's funny because I I'm not even I don't really like even enjoy fishing that much. But I remember my grandfather out there, you know, doing the fancy cast, the figure eight, whatever all he had going on, and I right. I'm, I have such a hard time just sitting still. Like when I watch people on, you know, go out hunting and they're, they're sitting in those blinds forever. And I'm just like, I would be going crazy right now. So give me something to do. Um, but I, I can definitely see how fly fishing could be, you know, kind of like, you know, trying to do your own best at, you know, out on the shooting range or at golfing. Another thing I've not done, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, fly, fly fishing might be a little bit more like uh, more like three gunning than say precision. It's a lot of activity, a lot of different guessing and matching insects and things like that. So it's a it's a it's a pretty deep hole you could fall into, and you don't have to be bored at all. That's for sure. So uh, it's uh, like a lot of the shooting sports stuff. There's there's more placid versions like bullseye, and then there's more more active versions like three gun. So uh, fly fishing to me is a little bit more of the active style rather than your traditional cane poe and bait cane pole and uh, bait fishing aspect of things. Now, how on earth do you fit in <laughs> fishing with the resume that I see you have on, on your hatchentertainment.com uh, site? It's, uh, you're a busy guy. 
You're feeling three things right now, aren't you? We, we are. We're for, especially pertinent to your audience. We're really up to our necks in guns right now, which is which is great for us. We're right in the middle of. Uh, I'm actually in Shreveport, Louisiana, and we're filming uh, just outside of Shreveport, Moser City. We're filming Shootout Lane, which is a series that follows the Mitchelluk family. That's Lena, Kay, and Jerry Mitchelluk, and uh, their surrounding family and friends. And uh, we we uh, film a series of them called Shootout Lane, which is going into its third season on Outdoor Channel. Uh, we're also currently in production on Shooting Gallery with Michael Bain, uh, which is a long time. We're in our 17th season of that show, so that's a long-standing, long-standing endeavor for for all of us. I, I didn't produce the first few seasons, but I've been tied to the show for over a decade now. And then uh, we're also uh, just started airing the first season, the premiere season of uh, The Viking Chronicles with Kyle Lamb. Uh, which is uh, uh, anybody that knows Kyle, he's a he's an ex uh, Army uh, Special Forces guy that uh, also loves uh, uh, adventure. So we get a little bit of tactical training, we get a little bit of hunting, we do a little bit of everything uh, as it pertains to guns in that show, and a few things that aren't gun related. But uh, that show's just premiering, and it seems to be going pretty well so far. So uh, yeah, we're up to our next and. And television and uh, and mostly television about guns right now, which is uh, a okay with me. I love I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So, how did you get into? And you're you're fairly specialized, right? Because you've got a lot of the sports stuff going on, but you also do commercials, like for Home Depot. I noticed, and and a couple of the others. So, how did you get into this kind of niche? You know, there's a lot of filmmakers out there, but this is really a, a very specialized um, field because being outdoors, I mean, that's its own set of, of um, things to deal with. You've got weather, you've got lighting issues, right? And then you're Correct, trying yeah. to deal with the camera angles so that yeah. you're not in front of the gun and <laughs> in, the yeah. area, in the <laughs> exactly. slow-mo. And like, tell us a little bit more about your background, how you, how you got into all this. Yeah, I think, uh, I think my wife reminds me over there that if I was smart, I would have gone into to something a little more mainstream like football or basketball where you go to an arena or a stadium and you just sort of set up multiple cameras and sit in the <laughs> truck and, and take it easy. Uh, but uh, I've done a little bit of that as well. It's just that for me, the, the things that drive me, if you're going to work hard, uh, you might as well sort of chase the things that uh, you're passionate about and things that engage you on a on a very kind of visceral and kind of fundamental level and the outdoors and shooting uh, an aspect of the outdoors is, is very much in my kind of passion lane. So I don't mind working a little bit extra hard for, for these kind of things because it's the kind of stuff that I like to do. Uh, I try to shoot a little bit competitively. I try to do a little bit of uh, of volunteering instruction and things like that on the side as well. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a lifestyle, but I, I'm not sure exactly how I sort of ended up in it, only from the standpoint that when opportunities arose, I sort of chased them pretty hard. And um, uh, our first real endeavor into the, uh, I've been in the outdoor television and documentary business for well over 20 years. But uh, when things like shooting gallery and those things kind of came up and people, what what happens is I think networks look at somebody and they and they go, we could just throw a producer at this thing, but luckily smart networks like Outdoor Channel go, we don't want to just throw mm-hmm. somebody that knows how to work a camera at the problem. We want to know we want to throw somebody that may know a little bit about the you know the, the nuances and the intricacies of of shooting itself a little bit to the point where we can tell that story a little bit more authentically. 
And luckily, well over a decade ago, uh, the outdoor channel looked at me and said, hey, you know about guns, you know about television, why don't you try to take a, try to take a stab at this show? And it's really just sort of uh, blossomed from there into, into all these different things that we do. It's really incredible, the work. Uh, HatchTV.com. I want to encourage everybody to take a few minutes and just kind of click around on there because your uh, sizzle reels, is that what you would call them? Kind of. That's right. Yep. You, got, you know the terminology. You may not know fishing terminology, <laughs> but you know the production terminology. That's, that's exactly it. Yep. I, I was eavesdropping when you said something in D.C. I don't know how I know that term. But um, <laughs> but really, they're incredible. And I, you can even tell from the little sizzle reels or specialty reels that um, you you understand storytelling. You know, you understand how to m- marry music together with the, the visuals. And uh, it's so exciting. Uh, it's like I want to watch every single one of even the commercials. I'm like, I want to I see the whole commercial now. <laughs> well, that's a compliment. And again, that's, that's the ultimate compliment to any producer to talk about the, the aspect of understanding story. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what we, uh, what we hoped for and actually what we got, at least in our initial steps with DC Project. That's a... Uh, that's a story that needs to be told. And when Diana and I started talking about what she wanted to do, uh, and she was just telling me, she wasn't soliciting my help. She was just saying, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, I said, hey, I'd really like to be a part of it and at least document it on the front end, and we'll sort of see where it goes. But to me, that's that's one of the more intriguing and passionate stories uh, in terms of people investing their time and energy and, and resources and in gathering in math uh, in D.C. and really trying to make a difference. So um, what you said about story just, again, sort of struck me at the core when, when we started talking about the D.C. project and, and what she and the rest of you guys are up to. And, well, I, and that's why I'm involved. I appreciate that. And so what we have is we've got all the bits and pieces and parts, and it just needs to be kind of be woven together and got to find a way to, to present it to the public. And that's some of that back-end stuff that we're still – working on, I think, um, just trying to figure out exactly, exactly. The, the right timing and the right place to present it. But um, the most important thing is that you captured the moments, you know, because they happen when they happen. And uh, I just love that you were there to help us tell our story. So stay tuned on on where that's going to be uh, available to see, huh? That's correct, yeah. We're, we're currently kind of sort of seeing what we can do with it. We uh on this kind of project, which is kind of a spec project, where we really don't have a home for it yet or, or a real sort of uh, distribution plan, we're, we're currently out kind of sort of seeing what's right. Uh, we're starting to cut the sizzle reel for that so that we can start showing it around and sort of tell some of the specialized and, and personal stories that we got while we were in D.C., as well as sort of documenting the overall project. And, um, and we're trying to find some underwriting help. We're trying to find some distribution partners that may be interested in it. And I think we'll be successful, but we're just kind of in the early stages of that now. And, and hopefully soon we'll, we'll have a good game plan. We'll have a good partner or two. And we'll, uh, we'll try to get that word out there to a little bit broader audience and, and try to, try to get, the, get the message uh, distributed a little bit uh, in, in the broader sense. That's fantastic. Hey, I understand you've got an airplane to catch, and we got to run to a commercial. So, <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. Real pleasure talking to you, and uh, like I said, keep fighting a good fight. Thank you, John. Thanks, thanks for all you do. We'll be watching for you on HatchTV.com. Thank you, John. Thanks.
All right, stick around because we still have a big show planned. Our next guest is Erin Paulette. She's the founder and media coordinator of Operation Blazing Sword. Coming up right after this. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And our theme today is surprising Second Amendment support. And coming up now, Miss Erin Paulette. Erin is active in both the LGBTQ and gun community. She has been a concealed pistol carrier since 2012 and came out as transgender in 2013. She believes that gun rights are civil rights and that armed gays don't get bashed. Operation Blazing Sword is her project to match gun curious, I just love that phrase, gun curious LGBTQ people with friendly gun owners willing to instruct them in the basis Basics of Firearm Safety and Operation. Blazing Sword has instructors in all 50 states. Welcome to the show, Miss Erin. How are you? I'm doing fine, Miss Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. We're so excited. And what a huge accomplishment. So when did Operation Blazing Sword start uh, that you have already 50 states uh, representation? That's, that's phenomenal. It started the Monday after the Pulse terrorist attacks. Those happened uh, late Saturday, early Sunday morning. And on Sunday, people were in an understandable state of shock. Mm -hmm. And then on Monday, people started getting that, um, you know, I'm I'm upset and I want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I noticed from different parts 
of social media, Facebook, blogs, Twitter, things like that, that my gun-owning friends were giving the message that I don't care who you are, I don't care who you sleep with, I don't care what you have between your legs, you deserve the right to defend yourself. And so if you are gay and you want to learn how to use a gun for self-defense, come to me and I'll teach you and I will pay for everything. Mm. And I thought this was a great message, but I don't move in the same, well, actually, they don't move in the same circles that I do because I'm involved in both worlds. Mm -hmm. And my gun-owning friends don't really travel in the LGBTQ circles. So I figured I had this opportunity to act as a bridge or an emissary. And so I started collecting all the different people who were volunteering and just making a list. And I figured I would be done in an afternoon. I'd have about 100 names. That would be it. And it just exploded over the course of the afternoon. I was adding names for 12 hours. By the time I got done, it was like 2.30 in the morning. I had, I don't really remember how many names and addresses I had, but I had acquired an assistant and a Google map because just the Facebook post was too big to contain. Wow. I mean, isn't that phenomenal? And you know, there's such a faction out there, uh, the politicians, I, I really lay this in their lap, that it only benefits them and the media for uh, citizens to be carved up into these these little groups and fit into little boxes. And they think if, if they can cause us to be suspicious of one another or not like one another for whatever reasons, it, it helps them because then we look to them to solve our problems, Right. Can't look to each oh, other be, because, you know, oh, well, I, I'm a straight married Christian and, and you're a transgender. Who cares? Right. And that's what you're saying. Operation Blazing Sword has embodied to show that we're, we're human beings first and foremost. And we're all concerned about not only our own safety, but the safety of our family, our friends and our community. Is that pretty much the, the, what you were seeing as this driving force behind Operation Blazing Sword? Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the things that just thrilled me to death because for decades we have been taught that gun owners are this monolithic block mm -hmm. of conservative, white, heterosexual males who hate uh, gay people and, and who hate anyone who, who sponsors gun control. Mm -hmm. And we've been told by the same sources that LGBTQ people are all liberals, hard left, and they hate gun owners, and they never met a gun control law they, did, they, <laughs> they didn't like. Right. And, and so what I saw here in the wake of this terrible thing was putting politics aside and just the growth of, of human compassion and outreach. And so when I saw the right reaching out, well, the stereotypical right, I should say, reaching out to the stereotypical left, I thought this is fantastic, and I've got to get them to reach across the aisle and shake hands. And that's really what Blazing Sword is. It's more or less a matchmaking service. And um, I, 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 I like that you, I, I like that you thought Gun Curious was funny. Uh, it, it is. <laughs> it makes me laugh too. But th that's really what it is. Um, we are selling education because in the wake of any sort of tragedy, we are always accused, well, gun owners are accused of selling to fear and something bad happens, so you've got to rush out and buy more guns. And Blazing Sword isn't selling anything. We are providing education free of charge. 
So people uh, in the LGBTQ community who want the option to learn about guns and find out if firearms are right for them, they can do that without judgment. Hmm. And after having an introductory course where they are taught the basics of firearm safety, you know, a pointy end goes that way, pull the trigger, goes bang. Uh, Colonel Cooper, <laughs> who I stumbled over my own tongue, uh, <laughs> Cooper's Four Rules of Firearm Safety, have them run through a couple of magazines so that they understand what the recoil feels like, and then they can make an informed decision. And if they decide, you know, I gave it a shot, guns aren't right for me, that's fine mm-hmm. because they're making an intelligent, informed decision based on an experience rather than just from something that's been fed for, fed to them. Aaron, uh, Aaron, the, the good Absolutely. thing about that, Aaron, is that most people that fire a firearm and are taught responsibly and carefully, they don't go back. They, they like firearms. They, they don't hate them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we're removing the fear, the sense of unknown from them. And I haven't heard back from anyone who has given it a shot and decided it wasn't for them. But, but the point we're making is we aren't trying to force a gun into them. We're just trying to expand their horizons. Exactly. And I am, you know, kind of fond of saying that, you know, if you have, you know, educated yourself and decided that guns just don't fit in your life for whatever reason, you are going to help keep us safe just by being that self-aware. So we applaud that. We don't look down our nose at you and say, oh, you you don't like guns, so you, you can't hang with us. You know, you can't be our friend. Besides, the core of this whole thing is rights, having the right Mm -hmm. to decide whether you want or not. That's what people need to learn. We all have a right, no matter who we are, to decide if we want to carry a gun or not. And that will bring awareness to that. Absolutely. Uh, One of the phrases that was given to me by another interviewer, and I thought it was so marvelous, I'm stealing it for myself, (laughs) and that is we cannot have a productive conversation if we can't agree that our lives have meaning. Oh, wow. And that our lives are worth defending. Wow. And once we make that agreement, now we're just haggling on the specifics. Okay, so my life has meaning and I need to defend it. So does that mean I'm justified in using a gun or not? Well, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. And we can't really talk about it if you have no experience with them. So let's go training and find out. That's awesome. So how are, is the Operation Blazing Sword, how is that different from Pink Pistols? Um, because we've had uh, Nikki Stollard on a couple of times to talk to us about Pink Pistols, um, and that's another LGBTQ uh, organization uh, having to do with firearms and, and gun safety. So how do you guys differ from that? Well, first of all, uh, Pink Pistols is a sister organization. We're closely related. I've been working with them for quite some time. And in fact, uh, Ms. Nikki Stollard is on the Blazing Sword Board of Directors. So there's some cross-pollination going on. But the big difference between the two is that Pink Pistols has no top-down organization. It's all local, and the chapters don't often communicate with each other. And there are many uh, states, really, where there are no Pink Pistol chapters. So if someone wanted to get training out in you know, the Midwest, where a chapter doesn't exist, they are unfortunately out of luck. But with Blazing Sword where we definitely have a top-down organization. Uh, I am, for better or for worse, the head of this thing. Um, 
we, we can better coordinate and we have trainers in every single state in the country. And not only do we have them in Alaska and Hawaii, we have them in the United States Virgin Islands, which took me by surprise. Wow. And we've got one up in Canada. So we are technically international. That is awesome. So we've got, yeah, so we've got a little bit more scope and reach. And hopefully once people decide that uh, they do indeed want to adopt a firearm lifestyle, then we can help introduce them to the Pink Pistols and they can join a chapter or create one of their own. That's awesome. Well, we've, we're down to about two minutes. I definitely want you to tell people how they can reach out and learn more about either being an instructor or being uh, involved uh, as, a, as a student, I suppose, of either Pink Pistols or Operation Blazing Sword. But I also wondered if we would have time to just quickly touch on the groups like Gays Against Guns that, that are popping up out there. Right. So... First of all, I have to commend them because they saw something that was going wrong and they were taking steps to correct it as they see fit. And that's great. They're not just sitting on their hands. I have a problem with their approach because Gays Against Guns, One Pulse for America, things like that, their entire focus is prohibition of guns as if once we get rid of the guns, everything will be fine. They want to make people dependent upon the goodwill of others for their safety. The thinking is, if the guns go away, crimes won't happen. Mm. Well, you know, Cain killed Abel with a rock. Right. There have been murders going on before there were guns. They'll go on after we've graduated to something else. Yeah, But Agreed. But Blazing Sword wants to empower people to take charge of their own safety. And so we are offering people a choice. Agency versus dependency. Mm. I like that. Now, how do how do we reach out? What's the pathway? Is there a, a website? Is there an email address? Well, you can email me at Aaron at BlazingSword.org, or you can visit us on Facebook. Um, I believe it's Operation Blazing Sword on Facebook. Just type that into the bar. You'll find us pretty quickly. And when you go there, if you want to sign up as an instructor, there is a pinned post. Just introduce yourself, give your name, your city, your state, your contact information, and one of my many lovely intelligent assistants will add you to our map. <laughs> if you it. are looking for a trainer, um, again, go to the Facebook page. There is a button called Use App. You click on that, and that will take you to our Google Map. And from there, you go to the left sidebar, you will click on the, uh, there's a drop-down menu for cities, states, and then you just do a control F, you look for the city where you're at, and hopefully there will be a trainer either in your city or close by. Fantastic. And that's how you get uh, in touch with them. That is awesome. And, you know, anytime somebody has a question about a, a guest or, or anything they, they talked about, if, if they've lost track of the, the name of the guest, the name of the Operation Blazing Sword, you can always reach out to, to me at uh, talk at gunfreedomradio.com, and we are going to connect people. So thank you again so much, Aaron. We're going to have to have you on again and, and talk to us about how things are going in a few months. You know, are people still engaged or are they starting to, you know, kind of get back to uh, kind of a, you know, laissez-faire uh, attitude about things? 
Um, but uh, hopefully everybody's very engaged as we come up on a very important election. Absolutely. I will come back anytime you want me. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, stick around because right after these messages, we have one of our DC Project delegates coming on, Miss Erin Wright. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at PottyGoldEstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are so glad you're here with us today. If you missed any part of this show, please be sure to check out our website for the recording. You just go to gunfreedomradio.com and click the on demand tab. There's also a a tab on there for a blog. There's also a tab for guests. And that one is really a lot of fun because then you can see, you can put a face to the voice that you're hearing and, and see a picture of the guests that we've had on and hear a little bit more about their backstory, links to their Facebook page and their webpage. And uh, we are excited about our next guest, who also has her own page on there, Miss Robin Wright. She is our New Jersey delegate for the DC Project. And uh, she, when when I met Miss Robin in DC, she was talking to me about the importance of uh, disabled people to be able to have uh, self defense tools. And I thought, you know what? That is just something we never talk about. Uh, as a nation, much less on this show. So I'm excited to bring Miss Robin to the air. Are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. And, you know, I, I touched on um, that that topic about uh, the, the disabled carry, 
But before we dive into that, I did want to, you know, talk about the DC project just briefly. Um, how did you get involved with that? And what was kind of like your big takeaway from going to our nation's capital? Um, I guess um, I, how I got involved was one of the um, competitors that I was very fortunate to meet, uh, Diana Moore, um, was, who was coordinating the whole project, had asked me to um, join her on the, on the 50 women from one woman from every state um, for the DC project, and I was going to be representing New Jersey. And um, I, of course, said, "Oh, that's great! <laughs> I would love to. I, I definitely want to get my uh, voice heard on this, uh, um, informed on this particular topic." And she asked me to come on out and um, join her, and I did. And it was a very, very informative uh, event. I got a lot out of it. Um, going in representing New Jersey was a little. <laughs> Interesting to say the least. I didn't really know what um, I didn't really know what type of feedback I would I would really be getting from mm-hmm. delegates and, and from the representatives that I'm, I was sitting with and meeting with. And shockingly, um, and I will say shockingly, um, <laughs> I I was met with just from their staff. Uh, I mean, they were willing to listen. They were willing to understand. They asked us questions, and they were understanding that it's not you know. Yes, I'm in New Jersey, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm speaking with Democratic, you know, representatives, and I just want to discuss the different gun laws and and, and, the, and our rights and Second Amendment rights. And it was just very, very, it was very informative on my end. I really thought they were pretty much going to show us out the door. Right. <laughs> and, they did not do, and they did not do that. And they were, they were open to listen. They asked us questions on how, you know, what was our view on certain topics and, and for um, different um, background check laws. and. Concealed carry, unfortunately, didn't come up for New Jersey. <laughs> they definitely wanted to stay away from that one. But um, the, they, they were just very interested in listening to us and, and what our opinions were on the topic. And I, I really got a lot back from that. Um, I am trying to plan some time to actually follow up in the state of New Jersey as well at their offices because we were in D.C. at that time. So I want to follow up with the same representatives in New Jersey and just I don't. I want to just continue the dialogue. Yeah, and just make sure that just make sure the message is still heard. Well, and that they know that that was part of what Diana Muller had in mind. I think is to build relationships, and so that our representatives and our elected officials even know that you and I exist on the planet. We're we're females. We're passionate about our constitution, and we are gun owners. What exactly. all those three exactly. things in one. Body, I just, you know, they just don't even know we're out there. And so I think that's what helps make it make us a powerful voice. But I, yeah, I, I agree. And especially, you know, I'm from Arizona. So I like to say, we, for the most part, we get to be treated like adults where our gun rights are concerned. And uh, so for me to sit down in my legislator's office is a completely different thing than you uh, stepping into that big unknown of how am I going to be treated um, in New Jersey. So I really applaud that. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So getting back to the idea of, uh, people with disabilities, you know, that, that is a population that I don't know if anybody is even talking about the importance of them being, um, armed with some kind of defensive tool, but bad guys like the, the least, uh, the most defenseless, of any of us and you know whatever disability you would like to conjure up in your mind um you know you and i when we were talking we're saying you know a wheelchair 
Well, right. somebody in a wheelchair cannot run from their attacker. Now, they don't have the, the lower body strength to kick and, and try to defend themselves that way. And so this is kind of a, a, a community or a, a population that you've kind of invested your heart in. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, yes, it, it's definitely um, the whole topic in general really sort of deep home for me. I mean, I, I always look at you know, one look you were stating people in a wheelchair. I mean, they are they are disabled. They're not able to run away or, or kick or, or do anything to that degree. Um, also, those who have or own crutches or anything um, and cannot actually run to that, you know, in, for those scenarios. For me specifically, I have MS. So luckily on my end, I, I mean, I can still walk. But yeah, for running for me, it's not, it's not very, it's not simple. It's not a simple task for me to do. Mm-hmm. So I always think of that, that if someone does approach me, and, I, and I've been thinking about this for years before, so I've just started shooting maybe three years ago. Um, and even prior to that, I always thought of, wow, if someone attacked me, what would I do? You know, and because I've had MS for over 20 years. So it, it's just, it's an interesting thought. And now that I'm into firearms and, and shooting, I'm like, oh, well, if I'm properly trained and, I'm, and I know what I'm doing with my firearm and in different scenarios and situations, I could possibly defend myself. And that, that I just thought of that and I was like, wait a minute. I don't really hear much on the topic. <laughs> you know, I just don't, I just, it, it hits home. It, there are so many vulnerable people out there and I just think if we just make sure that people have the the support the comfort and the knowledge and the safety training proper safety training to actually defend themselves properly I mean there it would just be so much it would be better I mean it's just an area that I think we really need to expand on um and then someone actually mentioned to me it was interesting like well Robin you know what if this in New Jersey, you know, we don't really, I won't say we don't really have them feel carry laws, uh, leave it like that. <laughs> Hopefully one day we will, but for, for disabled, they're like, if we did have some field carry laws, what would you do? And, and it was passed tomorrow. Uh, would you go out and start to, you know, conceal carrying tomorrow? I'm like, for me, no, I need to train more. I need to, to, you know, to get safe, you know, make sure I'm safe and, and try different scenarios if someone is coming um, up to me, behind me, or in front of me, or trying to, you know, in different scenarios of how I would be attacked or something to that degree, and, and plan on it, and train for it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things. But just being, having a disability is very, it's just very vulnerable, and it scares me. <laughs> it really does scare me sometimes, because I could definitely be leaving work at night, and I'm leaving at 10 o'clock at night, and, and I'm by myself, mm-hmm. you know, and I cannot run away. And when I bring this up to people, Oftentimes they do say, oh, just run, just run. And I'm like, yeah, but what if you can't? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's a, it's, that's a little, that's not as simple of an answer. Um, and it's just been just, and I, just from doing my own, I also look at others who are in wheelchairs and I've been trying to help with um, different, different events, um, like with sporting plays or, or shooting plays and stuff of that nature. It's interesting on how people will feel. Um, when they first start off, they're very, you know, they're sort of shut in. They're, they're um, a little hesitant because they don't really know that they can actually use the firearm properly. They can actually do it. They don't, I guess they have more of limitations in themselves. Mm. But once I show them, I'm like, no, you can. If I had that same thought, you know, I thought, wow, got into sport, into shooting, um, shooting sports. And I'm like, can I do this? My leg is a little numb. Can I actually do, can I do three guns? You know, can I actually do some of these things? And just 
being educated on that topic of how to do it properly and safely, I'm like, I can do it. And it really wow. did shock me. And wow. just seeing, seeing that with other people, and I, that's why I just love teaching other people and, and showing people, because you would be shocked and absolutely shocked of what you're able, what you're able to actually conquer. And, and I've seen it. <laughs> I really, I never thought I'd be doing this. And I'm like, I can actually do this? Really? I love that. You know, nothing irritates me like a victim mindset. And, you know, this is going in the the polar opposite direction of that. It's like, okay, so I have limitations, but so then what can I do? Um, And empowering yourself and training yourself and teaching yourself. And I just applaud that so much. Oh, thank you. It's it's very, yeah, (laughs) it feels good. It feels good. And just with all of the people I've met in some of the shooting sports and, and in the shooting industry in general, everyone has been so welcoming. And I mean, I'd go up and I'm, I'm pretty open and sort of in your face, you know, like I'm, I'm, I, I'm not shy, let's say. <laughs> not shy at all. Yeah. I've met you. Not shy. <laughs> not shy. That's, um, and that's a good I, thing. That's a good thing. I know. I'm just like, I'm here. <laughs> I love it. Well, Robin, we've got to run, but thank you so much for, for being on. And I know you're part of a girl and a gun. And so yeah. can you tell people how they could uh, get involved with that program? Uh, yes. Um, basically, you can go to uh, com. There are different chapters um, throughout the U.S. Um, the one I'm in specifically is in Pennsylvania, but there's chapters all throughout the U.S., and it is a great group. Um, it's just basically there to empower women to be comfortable with themselves and the different shooting sports and teaching them and just getting them into the, uh, into the um, shooting arena, the shooting awesome. industry. Awesome. It's really great. Thank you so much, Robin. You are very, very welcome, my dear. You have a great one, and I will talk with you soon. All right. Bye now. Okay, Okay, still to come, our second hour, Don't Move a Muscle, because we not only have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and a couple of awesome guests, but we also have Dan's Commentary. (laughs) Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? 
fun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com.